Hey everyone, welcome to Just Win with Wanda, a podcast designed to highlight people and their game-winning passions. Hi everyone, so thanks for tuning in. I'm excited for our guests today. Um, They hold a special place in my heart. They are the world's famous Johnson Twins from Surrey County, Virginia. They happen to be my friends, former classmates at Hampton and Soares and Honestly, it's just an honor to be with Hampton Royalty. If you went to Hampton between 2011 and 2015, you definitely know who I am here with. Um, So the first guest is Whitney Johnson. She is the owner of The Story House, which is a creative agency that leverages media and marketing to deliver life-changing messages. And I'm also here with her twin, Brittany Johnson, who's an innovative professional whose work lies at the intersection of culture, technology, and social impact. So Brittany is a doctoral researcher at the Georgia Institute of Technology. So as you can see, although they're twins, they have separate <laughs> separate identities, separate career paths, but there's definitely something that they have in common and that's to change the world. So it's an honor again to have them and welcome to the show. Thanks, Wanda. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. We're excited, definitely excited to be here and reminisce on old times. So, (laughs) yeah, speaking of old times, um, so as I mentioned, we all graduated from Hampton University, the real HU. Um, So, what made you decide to attend an HBCU? Yeah, I think. Um, looking back, which is crazy to say, it's like almost 10 years ago, right? That's so wild. Um, <laughs> 10 years ago when we were choosing our, um, the university that we wanted to attend, like we were very active in high school. We played sports, um, you know, we had good grades. We did a lot of things. So we kind of wanted to carry that to college. Um, and we were looking for a well-rounded school. And I know some basketball scholarships were thrown our way. Um, but ultimately we decided to choose the academic route um, and we got a scholarship at Hampton. We visited on high school day, like many high schoolers do. And we're like, look, this is like a different world. The fashion, like the people, the black culture, even though we, we went to a predominantly black high school, it was just something about like walking the campus and seeing, you know, all these beautiful people from so many different places. It just like hit us hard. And um, yeah, and, and Hampton was well-rounded, right? It's good, um, you know, it, Hampton has good programs, um, good sports uh, team. So it was just, you know, it was like a perfect match. And looking back, I'm glad we made that decision. Just to add to that, I think that, you know, Whitney touched on it. We knew we wanted to go to school together as well. So that was a joint dis- decision that we made together. And like she said, high school day was, just the, it sealed the deal. But I think one thing that I do remember during new student orientation week, um, when we were in Ogden and going through some of the seminars and orientation events, it also confirmed to me that this was the place that we, you know, we made the right decision. This is where we wanted to be. We knew um, a few alum um, from Hampton, of Hampton from Surrey County. And so we knew their journeys and them telling us their stories. And it was just, perfect fit and this is one of the best decisions um, I can say we both have made thus far. Yeah I would have to agree with that. Um, I remember when I came to visit Hampton and it 
it's it's kind of magical. I don't know if you all would agree with that. Maybe it's the way that the water touches the yeah. light and it's perfect weather. It wasn't raining. It just, I don't know. It, it sucks you right in. Um, but I would have yeah. to agree with the fact that it just, it just felt very majestic and it felt like a utopia of some sort of black excellence. And I definitely wanted to be a part of that. And I remember um, when I got the letter, I don't know if you guys remember from um, the Institute saying that I was accepted into the Leadership Institute. Do you guys remember getting that letter? Yeah, I remember. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so how did you guys feel about that? Did you think it was going to elevate your experience? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, I do remember... Um, Cause it's, it's been so long ago and I know I probably should remember, but um, yeah, I feel like, you know, one, <laughs> the obvious, it came with the scholarship. So that was a good thing. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> and then, two, right. yeah, like, you know, we heard about the Leadership Institute and we heard how prestigious it was and even it being named after um, Dr. Harvey, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, you know, we're in this, we're already hitting the ground running um, and this prestigious, um, you know, organization of, of young leaders. So I definitely felt an honor to be in it. Um, and then, you know, it, it was just like a core group. We came in with our own class and we stuck through it together. So it was, it was like a family. Um, but yeah, I felt proud to, to be accepted. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the same. I remember getting a letter, us applying first and then getting a letter and was so excited. Um, and I think one time we had came back to visit Miss um, T and she was telling us how much, you know, we came in first as freshmen. We were like these quiet country <laughs> girls. And then, you know, by our senior year, we couldn't stop talking. So um, yeah, it's, it's just definitely, you know, was an exciting moment for us to receive the letter and then, be a part of the Leadership Institute and us meeting you there and, you know, developing a relationship and a friendship um, that I believe will last a lifetime. So yeah, I love my leadership family and um, it, it was definitely a great experience. Yeah, it's so nice to see everyone excel in our own fields. And I think that's what be- what's so nice about the Institute is that they picked individuals from different majors and, you know, we were able to cultivate our leadership capabilities, but now we're, we're really seeing that play out, you know, as we are older and, you know, leaders within organizations or entrepreneurs, it's really nice to see how, how far we've come in, in 10 years. And I re- remember when, <laughs> I remember it was our first day of class, it was like 7am. For some reason at the time they had these leadership classes at 7am, Yes. Um, but I remember you guys introducing yourselves and you're like, yeah, we're from Surrey County. You knew who the Johnson twins were by your voice, by, you know, the things that you did on campus, but definitely on that first day, your accent st- definitely stuck stuck <laughs> with me. <laughs> well, I can't believe you remember us. Intro- like, I don't even remember that. Do I? I think I remember the first day probably, but um, that's crazy. That's funny. Yeah, I feel like when we walked on campus, we made sure everyone knew we were from Surrey County. Like, I I don't know, people probably did not know where it was. Like most people didn't, but it was like, okay, we're from Surrey County, Virginia. (laughs) 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 This is who we are. That was definitely our brand, I guess, walking Mm -hmm. on this campus. 
Yep. That was definitely your brand for sure. And we had to find out where Surrey County was. And I'm sure, um, you know, the folks coming out of Surrey County now, they don't have a hard time, you know, knocking down those doors at Hampton because people know where Surrey County is because of you. Yeah. Uh, That makes me smile. That's, that's a good memory. Um, I definitely think my accent has evolved for sure. So that's why I think it's funny. Um, just how, you know, over the years that, you know, our accent has, is not as strong, but it's still strong when we go home. So yeah, those, those are great memories. Yeah. So I know you all were very busy on campus. And when I say busy, I mean, extremely busy because we also stayed in the same dorm. And I remember late nights, you'll see you guys up studying or coming back from practice or, or something. Um, you know, what would you say was the highlight of your HBCU experience? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, I would say the involvement. I would definitely say um, us being involved, even though we were highly involved in a lot of different things. I think that really shaped our experience at Hampton. Um, So not only were we a part of Leadership Institute, but also the Student Leadership Program, Honors College. Um, We started a mom ministry on campus. And so those were things that like really helped us to see and learn the ins and outs of Hampton. So like, you know, administration, how processes go, how do you get events on campus? How do you book rooms? Who do you talk to? Um, You know, I had a a work study with um, the assistant provost for technology. So being connected with her and being able to be mentored by her who still mentors me today has been great. So I think that was That's probably sums up the most memorable. I feel like I can't pick one thing, (laughs) but that's like the sum of everything because that's where I I met amazing people like you and people in other organizations and people in the dorms and the dorm director. So I think just being involved and talking to people was the highlight. Um, And that sums up everything. One thing that actually comes to mind, which is, I wouldn't say it's the most memorable, but it is one memorable thing that happens during your freshman year is Battle of the States, of course. Um, I still go on YouTube and watch that video. Um, Being a freshman and just being acclimated to traditions in Hampton um, and being a participant in Battle of the States and just the energy in Ogden, it was was crazy. So, um, and I think that really, you know, started a bond with a lot of different people too as a, a first year in college. So, that's a tough question, Wanda. I don't know if I answered it, but I would say the involvement really, really probably is the most memorable thing um, that I can think of. Yeah, I definitely agree, Britt. I feel like the involvement, you know, like she said, the involvement leading to relationships is just so impactful and it's valuable, especially like after you leave, because we all know how strong the Hampton Network is. And a lot of times, like I, I definitely tap into it when it comes to just career or advice or guidance. Um, you know, I I really love how strong the network is. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something to think about. And it's something that I am glad to experience is the relationships and, um, you know, Brittany mentioning Battle of the States is just like when you think about all that culture in one place, right? Like Wanda, you mentioned Hampton being magical. Like it's like Wakanda, <laughs> like <laughs> like college students, you know. And especially when you first step on campus, and then to experience all of that and and be a part of making that magic, 
that is so like that's so crazy and it's so like it's dope to me um so I definitely would agree with what Brittany said and just being involved in so many things and um when you first introduced us in our bios you had mentioned that we both you know we have separate paths but we both want to change the world and um it's so it's exciting to hear you say that and notice that because that's always been the mission so for us to be involved in so many things at Hampton it was like a chance to touch so many people in so many different ways and like I said just having a, a role in making that magic was just um something that I will never forget and it's something that um you know sticks with me to this day so I would definitely say all all the organizations that we were in <laughs> and like you know delta uh wanda you know like being on campus and just kind of uh work with so many dynamic women especially now this is the era of the black woman so um just working with so many black women at, at hbcu um and of course like building the mind ministry with with my sister and just really creating a lane in that space i think it was just it's like can we go back for like a weekend <laughs> yeah just take us back post-covid um, like homecoming in 2022 like i feel like that's gonna be the biggest homecoming of the decade because <laughs> everybody will probably go back so we'll see i don't know yeah no you're right I, i'm sure people have their fits ready and and things that they weren't able to launch for the last two years they'll bring it out maybe change their outfits every five minutes to make up for lost time <laughs> yeah um, but no, I, I absolutely agree. I think the involved involvement that you all had at Hampton, um, was immense. Um, and I do want to also mention that you all won the most prestigious award, right? At graduation. Yes. Okay. Yes. You guys are being so modest. <laughs> um, care to share the name of this award? <laughs> Yeah, so I can share. Um, so we want we both won um, along with another senior um, the president's award. So this is the highest award given to a graduating senior at Hampton University. Um, and we went through a series of interviews and um, you know just speaking to people, talking about our work and our accomplishments during our time at Hampton. Um, and we were both fortunate, um, thankfully, to be presented this award by Dr. Harvey, Hampton University's president. Um, and yeah, that, that was uh, definitely a more uh, memorable moment for sure. Um, just all the graduation events during that week um, or during graduation week and receiving this award before that, it, it just it just made everything worth it mm -hmm. that we, you know, were involved in on campus and the experience even more, you know, um, touching, I guess. So yeah, that was one of the awards that we both were fortunate to win. So we were very thankful and honored to receive that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely at the beginning of the process, it was definitely kind of like nerve wracking because, you know, it's just like you're being honored by the president of the university. <laughs> and, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a process, like Brittany said, of um, I think we had to write an essay. Yeah, we definitely had to write an essay. It was kind of like a solution-based essay for the university. And then we went through a series of interviews. Um, and it was, it's just like to see your hard work um, and the fruits of your labor, um, for a lack of a better phrase, not go to waste. And, and to see that um, come together is just like, wow, 
it's amazing. And plus it made us look smart. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's a win-win. We were involved and we look smart. So um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. And it's crazy to say, like I said, it, it was five years ago that we, we received that. So. Yeah, no, I was so excited for you all when, because you're, you're beyond deserving, you're able to balance extreme involvement in multiple organizations and still maintain excellent grades. That says a lot. I think that is what a lot of students aspire to be and and how they want to go through their experience. And you all were able to achieve that. And what I love most about the two of you is you know, when you have a conversation with you, you're very humble. You would never know that you have a list of accomplishments. And people like that, they go really far in life because they don't get too ahead of themselves. They're all constantly, you know, looking back, reaching out, you know, touching lives, bringing people along as they're climbing. And I think that's immensely inspiring for me you know, as I'm on this journey as well, looking to hopefully make a difference in the world. So um, all the more reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast, because your story is so, so amazing. And um, yeah, I know, I don't, I don't, I think I might've shared this with you. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. Still those conversations, but it's always nice to, you know, be affirmed by others and just, you know, and I'm sure, you know, like all of us, we want to be um, recognize and we want our hard work to be recognized and it's just it's an inspiration that's definitely what keeps us going because a lot of the work that we do isn't necessarily for us um, it's for others and it's to inspire others along this journey and I know how cliche that sounds nowadays but it's really true like mm-hmm. it's just you know even the smallest things like I just hope that it inspires and empowers someone to just go after what they they want to go after and then you know of course, not just like showing them, but also helping them along the way and giving them, um, you know, gain, I would say, and um, helping them along the way. So that's that's always been the goal. So it's always nice to hear that. And we appreciate you, Wanda. The feelings are mutual. Like we are inspired by so many people, um, specifically you, definitely, as you kind of like, you know, take on this journey of podcasting and, <laughs> you know like it's just you know the things that we always aim to do and just us you know recognizing our dreams and going after them that's that's empowering within itself so we appreciate you oh thanks thanks all right um, if I can quickly add, yeah go ahead um, Britt. I definitely uh, appreciate that and I remember all the talks we've had yeah I was gonna say I feel like we <laughs> had a few conversations Britt <laughs> Yeah, we had a few conversations, but um, I just really want to quickly add, um, you know, you spoke about us and how impressive we are um, in a list of things that we've been blessed to accomplish. But, you know, we really have, and I truly say this, like admire you and your work ethic and, you know, how you've done things over the years, um, just being your friend and, you know, being around you on campus. We need, I have mentioned to each other a lot of times, like, you know, Wanda is, you know, she's going to be successful. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. So I've honestly taken a lot of inspiration and tips from you and how um, I've been moving forward, even through college and past college to where I am today. So I can honestly truly say you have really touched us, whether you know it or not, um, and just how you do a lot of things. So it was, it's, as I mentioned before, it wasn't surprising when I, I found out that you were doing a podcast and, you know, um, talking to so many great people because you're a great person to talk to. So I just want to quickly mention that. 
Oh, and why do your whole doctor? Come on now. <laughs> right. Like, come Let's on. Let's not leave that out. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Thanks. That's why I love HBCs. We're, we're always going to support one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you know, in 2020, um, folks, a lot of folks, we already knew about HBCs, but a lot of individuals started to realize the, the power and the greatness that lies in HBCUs. So what are your thoughts about, um, you know, the increase of donations and support that we're receiving from external um, companies and even uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos' wife, you know, she donated a large amount of money to Hampton and some other HBCUs. What are your thoughts about all this? Um, overall, I just hope, to be honest, I just hope it's not performative or temporary. Like, um, it's so good to see HBCUs be recognized and HBCU um, alumni or, um, well, and current students, alumni and current students to definitely be seen as, um, you know, qualified candidates for jobs and things. Um, when I was at Hampton, I was an HBCU all-star under the Obama administration. <laughs> Let me make that clear. Um, and, you know, our goal was to definitely prove that HBCU students, um, you know, can compete with any student across the world. And I think people are seeing that. And, you know, now, like I said, it's the area of the Black women but, women, but it's also like people are really trying to work with Black brands, Black creators, um, Black leaders. And, you know, what better place to, to seek those, um, those people uh, then at HBCUs, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, I think, you know, I was young in the 90s, but I also feel like it was kind of, you know how celebrities will, yeah. will wear HBCU gear and stuff, mm -hmm. and I feel like it was kind of the same thing, like HBCUs were like recognized on a global scale back in the 90s, and I feel like it probably went down, and now it's back up. I just hope it stays up, mm -hmm. um, and people will continue to contribute and recognize HBCUs and um, its students. But also continue to give back because HBCUs are definitely in need of funding. So um, yeah, I really, I really hope it's here to stay. Long answer made short. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I agree. Um, I just wanted to add that you know HBCUs are giving us are being given the support that they have long deserved, um, and so it's great to actually see you know the support from different people, different places. And I agree with Whitney, you know, hopefully it's long lasting and it's, you know, from a genuine place to re really truly help, especially during the time that we're going through now, um, the pandemic. Um, so I, I think it's, it's great. And I just hope it continues to increase, um, you know, not decrease, but continue to increase and um, because, you know, excellence are at HBCU. So, yeah. As you were transitioning from Hampton, into the quote-unquote real world, did you experience any challenges? Um, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Um, definitely experienced challenges. Um, like we said, you know, just talking about our experience at Hampton, we were very involved. We balanced grades, good grades. Um, I knew that I kind of didn't want to take that into my career, especially since um, I went into an agency. And for those of those people who have worked at an agency, are familiar with an agency, it is definitely 
demanding, it's time consuming, especially being at a PR agency. So that's why I started my career. And um, it was challenging to balance it all. I mean, it wasn't like I was doing, you know, um, activities outside of work, but I was, you know, working on several accounts, like seven accounts at a time, um, you know, working with, which meant working with seven teams, um, seven different personalities, well, more than seven personalities, because uh, usually the teams are pretty small. So let's say like five people on the team. Um, so it was challenging in that aspect, just kind of like entering the work environment and learning how to navigate that specific industry in that specific space. So um, that was a challenge for me. I definitely learned a lot at my first job about PR, about people, about work politics. Um, and that's something that, you know, that experience overall has groomed me to be the entrepreneur that I am today. Um, so I would say that's one challenge for sure. Um, and, you know, just kind of like figuring out how to maneuver corporate America because, you know, our parents weren't necessarily in corporate America. My mom owns a hair salon, my dad, um, you know, he does work like at, you know, warehouses and things like that. So um, we didn't really have that guidance. So it was a, a mentor that I gained at my first job that really, really helped me navigate um, those waters and be like, look, you know, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is how you handle this conversation. This is how, you know, you should move. So I would say looking back, that has been, um, you know, a, a challenge of mine is not stretching myself too thin and balancing it all. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, that was something I had to adjust with as well. Um, at Hampton, kind of wanted to do everything. But then I realized that I'm getting older. <laughs> I can't move as quickly. Um, I have to start narrowing my interests and, and do things that are aligned with my interests. Um, and also just make time for other things outside of work. Mm -hmm. So that was something I had to understand. Um, but Wait, I know you you moved to New York. So was that a major transition for you as well? How did that how did that um how did that pan out and how did you communicate that with Brittany? Yeah. And, and when you communicated it, Brittany, if you want to chime in, like how did you feel? Because that was probably your first time kind of doing things separately, right? Location-wise. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know, Brittany, do you want to go ahead and say how you feel and then I follow up? <laughs> I gave her permission to go. <laughs> um, no, I think, um, so we had done, so yes, that was the first time we were actually separate location-wise um, for a long period of time. We both had done internships over the summer while in college, um, and I studied abroad one summer. So, you know, we, we, gradually had different experiences where we were apart at times. But when she moved to uh, New York, I moved to Atlanta. Um, it was definitely the first time we were separate. And it was new, uh, very, very new because I was so used to, you know, being around her. And especially I was at grad school um, when I finished Hampton. So, you know, being in school with someone, Whitney and I were roommates at Hampton, of course. So, you know, not having her you know, in school with me was very different, some to adjust to. But um, even when I had a chance to study abroad uh, while I was at Hampton, you know, we had talked every day and now we still talk every day. So it just changed the nature of, you know, our communication. We had, uh, I think the first time that we had seen each other since we had graduated, it was for homecoming, Hampton's homecoming, when he was in the parade. Um, 
And, you know, somebody, I think my mom or my aunt had noted, like, you, you two haven't seen each other in like, you know, four months or so. And we hadn't even realized it because we picked up right where we left off. It didn't even feel like that we had not been around each other for that long. So it just showed that, you know, we're still remaining connected. And even to this day, you know, we can go a while without seeing each other, especially with this pandemic. We haven't, um, you know, it's been uh, periods of time where we haven't seen each other. So yeah, I think uh, it was very different um, to not really be around her for a long period of time. But, you know, we've adjusted. <laughs> one day we'll come back together, right, Winnie? <laughs> yeah, one day, um, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's always been the goal, right? Like, we was like, we're going our separate ways now, but ultimately we're probably going to come back together and do something um, together because I feel like, you know, uh, we're movement by ourselves, but we're forcing we're together. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> dropping bars. <laughs> um, but no, no, definitely. Brittany definitely gave me permission to go to New York because she's very protective over me. So, you know, I remember having conversations with my family um, and just saying like, I'm moving to New York because when I first went to New York, it was for my internship at my job. And I was just, I was offered a full-time job when I was graduating from Hampton, but I decided to take the internship in New York. And um, they, you know, I was hired um, after the summer internship was over and I was like, okay, I'm officially moving to New York. And the, you know, they were like, you know, you know, it's your life, you know, do what you want, especially since, you know, my parents let my sister, Brittany, go to the UK. I'm like, oh, it's fair game now. Like, if I go to New York, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't keep me home after you let her go across the world. So, um, yeah, she definitely was just like, be safe out there. She always tells me that which it's like you're in a city by yourself as well but um it was definitely a transition moving to New York um but it wasn't a huge transition because I knew that anywhere I went was going to be different from Surrey County. Surrey is a small town of about 7,000 people um very community oriented family oriented like the people who went to school with my mom like know each other and then I know their children like it's very very close-knit so um, I knew that anywhere else would be different. And um, I hadn't really visited New York. Well, at Hampton, we took like two media trips to New York and I got a feel for the city, but you know, it wasn't like living here. Um, so I was ready to, you know, basically adjust to whatever and conquer whatever and just, um, you know, take on the city and take everything it had to offer. I was really focused on, you know, just creating opportunity. That's my main reason you know, for moving to New York six years ago is creating opportunity, connecting and building relationships. And I say, you know, even with like the trains and the hassle and the trash in New York City, it's like, this is what I'm here for. And, you know, looking back over the past six years, it's like, you know, man, I've really, you know, I really have done that um, as best as I know how. So, um, Overall, it was a transition, but I was ready for it because I knew that it was going to be different. And I'm typically a person that, you know, adjusts well to different environments and circumstances. So I just, you know, did what was best for me. A lot of times I practice solitude because once you step out of your apartment, it's like New York City and the world and chaos. So um, it took me about a year to really, really uh, find that peace in my home. And, you know, that's why I go to once I step into my apartment, it's like, okay, like, this is my space. This is my sanctuary, so to speak. Um, and, you know, finding that peace, like I go to the water when it's warm, 
um, in Brooklyn and just, you know, sit by the water and regain that peace because working in PR and living in New York, those are like, it's a chaotic industry and it's a chaotic city. So um, I think that was the hardest transition is just finding that inner peace. But once I found it, it was like, okay, I could always go back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you touched on um, the opportunity that you had to go to New York for an internship and Brittany also having the opportunity to go to the University of Oxford um, for her uh, study abroad program. Would you say that, and each of you, I'm sure you have your own responses, but um, would you say that you've always wanted to be in PR communications and Britt, for you, did you always want to be in STEM? Um, for me, uh, PR definitely would, it aligns with what I wanted to do. Um, during, um, NSL week, new student orientation week, we had a session at Scripps Howard, which is a journalism school at Hampton. And, um, they, you know, they offered three programs, right? Broadcast journalism, print journalism, and public relations. And I came into Hampton wanted to study broadcast journalism because I wanted to be on ESPN. I wanted to be a sportscaster. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And then when they were going through like, you know, the opportunities for each program, PR made the most money. So I was like, okay. And then um, PR had more like opportunities. Um, It was kind of more broad. So, you know, like we said, we like doing a bunch of stuff. And I just knew that I wanted to be in media and communications because um, I knew what it did for me as a child, like looking at print campaigns, looking at TV, looking at, you know, magazines, it inspired me and, um, helped me actually visualize the life that I wanted to live. And once I recognized that and how powerful that was, I wanted to be in it. Um, so, you know, I didn't necessarily say I wanted to be in PR. Like I honestly didn't, understand what PR was until I got at an agency and was like okay this is what we doing this is what time we on um so um but you know looking back I would say definitely say like it aligns because you know being a publicist and being in PR you can kind of shape those narratives to put out into the world so ultimately yeah I, I definitely think this was my lane to go in obviously the avenue um is ever evolving but um it's yeah it's the perfect fit for me what about for you, Britt? So for me, did I always want to go into STEM? Um, so when I had first went to undergrad, um, I had no, I didn't know anybody in, you know, computer science. So my background is computer science. I got my degree in undergrad at Hampton from in computer science. And so I didn't know anybody in the field. And um the thing about computer science is, you know, you deal with software, you deal with what's on the computer. And originally when I got to Hampton, I had applied to be computer engineering major. Um, and I went and talked with different professors, looked at the curriculum and figured out I didn't like anything or any other classes on the curriculum. So that's when I chose to do computer science. And I think that, you know, originally growing up, I was you know, very involved in the community, as Whitney said, Sarah is very close-knit community-related, um, you know, town or county, and so I was very involved in the community, and also I had an interest in technology. I really love math, um, and so I was very good at it, and so I had a guidance counselor that actually encouraged me to look into engineering, look into STEM, um, and I didn't really know much about it, so I looked into it. I took a class my senior year of 
high school, the first time they offered like a technology class and programming, we built a website, we like built a robot, things like that in tech. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this. I may want to pursue this in, in college. And so, you know, as I, as I stated, I had got to college, looked at the curriculum and chose to do computer science. Um, and I've been ever since, you know, figuring out how to merge my love and passion for community and my interest and my passion for technology. And because I've always searched for it, you know, I've had uh, an abundance of opportunities that I've been grateful for that has helped me to learn what things are offered and what I can do on this career path. And also, um, you know, how I can shape and maneuver it to be what I want it to be. So to answer your question um, directly, I didn't always know I wanted to do computer science. I really think that, you know, God has placed me on this path. And, you know, with every opportunity I've been afforded, I've been able to kind of figure out what I want to do. And I'm still working through that. I think we all change, you know, and our interest changes. We get to know more and learn more. And then, you know, we know how we want to move forward. And so, yeah, I've just been, you know, blessed to be able to be on this path and to really, you know, in my role as a uh, doctoral researcher, PhD student now, um, I get to ask and answer those questions that a lot of people may not ask and answer in computing. So it's very much has been an enlightening journey. Um, and, you know, I, I think I really caught my place of like where I want to be and where I want to go. So that's good. That's good to hear. Because I remember, you know, back at Hampton, you were still exploring that. So it's nice to see you evolve and, and slowly understand what it is that you want to do and how you want to make an impact. And I, you know, reading your bio, what I found was really interesting is that you have discovered that within Black and Brown communities, data literacy needs to be improved. Can you talk a little bit about that and what your goals are? Yeah, so my work right now, um, you know, in data literacy, I work with primarily um, Black individuals currently. And so I lead um, or I help support research efforts for a program at Georgia Tech where we partner with different community organizations um, in helping to carve new pathways and, you know, envision new pathways to data literacy. And so um, really what we do is you know, data literacy and data, everybody doesn't have access to it or a lot of people know about it and data has so much power in the world today. So how can we really broaden access and be able to allow those communities that, you know, may be minoritized or, you know, underserved, underrepresented in the field to really learn about it and to figure out how to leverage it to even solve problems that may be of interest to them, whether personally or in their community. And so data, you know, is a big thing that's being talked about right now, but we really want to make sure that we make sure that everybody has access to it. And also, you know, when people teach data, um, especially also, you know, computing in general, the field of computing in general, it's um, very in a very distinct way or like a specific way you teach it and you know how you go about it and so we really want to look at how can we make it different and reimagine it you know how we teach data and data literacy to other people and so um, I've been looking at some themes such as Afrofuturism and um, you know I do a lot of participatory design workshops where I collaborate with the individuals to really make sure we design and, and center and focus 
what do they think data is and how we can make data data literacy better. So it's really rewarding thing um, to really explore and to ask and answer questions about because, you know, like I said, data is really big now. We want to make sure everybody has access. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah, that's that's amazing, Britt. And I'm excited to see what you do next, especially once you're done with school, because I feel like you've been in school for the last decade. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to um, you know, watching you cross that stage and you become Dr. Brittany Johnson. That's going to be such a eventful and, and beautiful day. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I've just been curious, you know, with your relationship with Whitney, since technology is your strong suit, um, Whitney, does Brittany help you at all with like your website or any of like technical difficulties you may run into? I'm actually trying to hire Brittany, but I don't know if she's trying to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <with> you. <laughs> no I'm joking yeah I'm we're gonna work together eventually but um yeah I mean I really try to allow her to focus especially since she's uh trying to earn her PhD I allow her to focus on her work and not bother her with my demands but um a lot of times like she is the tech person of the household even for like my mom me like she was helping me with something yesterday um something simple and I, she was like girl just do this <laughs> and it worked so um a lot of times it's just those small things but um of course like I think I could see us for sure just kind of combining, you know, my experience in media and her experience in tech and just, you know, making something happen. But for right now, I'm like, okay, make sure you get this degree for the family, you know. <laughs> um, she has definitely been in school for a decade, Wanda. That's crazy. But um, but yeah, I, I try not to bother her too much. Yeah. And I'm sure you're also busy with your own, you know, moves and interests. You started E Story House. Can you talk a little bit about that? What sparked that? that whole journey yeah it's it's actually it's it's been a journey um like I said I started my career out at a PR agency in New York City and then I stayed there for a couple of years learned like I said learned a lot about people PR work politics and um you know I just kind of decided to dive into marketing a bit more into the digital space because where I was it was a traditional um PR agency so um, I went into kind of freelancing and I, I didn't really plan to be an entrepreneur so soon. Um, I knew that I wanted to control the narratives that I put out into the world. Um, one professor at Hampton, Professor Butler, um, he used to say, those control the outlet, control the message. Um, I think I have that right. But um, that that really stuck with me. So, you know, in order to control the message, I had to control the outlet. So. Um, I was freelancing and picking up projects and I was getting clients on my own, like, you know, really through relationships. And I was like, you know what, I'm picking up clients on my own. Like it's not with a specific company, even though, you know, some projects I pick up are with companies. And I was like, you know, what? I just might as well make this into, you know, a company and put these clients under that umbrella. So um, I really had over the past few years. And like I said, on Instagram, it's been four years in the making um, since I started this journey of entrepreneurship and I really just have been focused on doing the work and building, um, you know, my profile, I guess, in a way where it's like, I've done credible work and I really haven't been focused on like elevating the company, so to speak. So finally uh, last year, um, 2020, like around May, 2020, 
Um, I finally got my LLC. I was like, okay, um, you know, a few months before that, I took a, a entrepreneurship class, an incubator class to go through all the steps of building the business. Um, and, you know, now I'm just like, all right, Whitney, like you got the, you got the projects. It's, the work isn't limited. Um, you know, you're getting the projects, you're, you're getting the clients. Um, you're making things happen. Like, let's really take it a step further and be this businesswoman um, and just walk into, walk into that, that power. So it really wasn't planned um, to happen so early, but um, I'm just grateful. And, you know, like I said, it's been a journey, but along the way, it has been checkpoints to, to confirm that I'm on the right path. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm walking in gratitude and just figuring it out, honestly. Yeah. So speaking of checkpoints, if you don't mind me plugging your, your agency here. So Whitney has been funded by the NAACP, Be Good, and Beyonce herself to change the world. So how does that feel, Whitney? Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. Like I said, I'm just walking in gratitude. Um, it, it really was something that like, it made me look back and be like, you know what, it's, it's been a journey, but it's been worth it. And that sounds cliche too, but it, it definitely has been worth it. And it just, it, it just gives you more, it gives more elevation to your purpose, right? Like um, it will definitely allow me to scale up my business um, and get the resources that I need to really, really take it to the next level. And like, all I can just say, all I can say is that I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And it is definitely a huge major checkpoint uh, to keep going and, you know, and to really, really affirm that I'm on the right path and that, you know, it's bigger than me ultimately. So yeah, it's a blessing. Hopefully many more grants to come. <laughs> Yes, yes. I know your parents and your your whole tribe back in Surrey County. They're so happy to see you both um, exceed um, yeah. in your various industries. And I think that's, again, that's what's so beautiful about the two of you. You do completely different things, but you, you're still managing to make a difference. You're also making a difference with underserved populations. And I think that's very, very remarkable. So kudos to you. And um Another question that I have for you is around mentorship. So I know um, you both mentioned a few names of individuals that played a role in your journey. Can you talk a little bit about how you found your mentors? And if you have any advice for folks that are seeking mentors, how can they best identify them? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, take this one first. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of people talk about mentor and mentee and mentorship. Um, honestly, the way I've gotten my mentors is through work. So my first mentor in the in my career, um, she, like I had mentioned, she um, is a Black woman and she was at my first job and she really took me under her wing and just helped me navigate corporate America. Um, and she was real, like, well, she is real, I should say. Um, she, she does not cut corners. She, you know, she shows that love and she shows that discipline. Um, and it was really appreciated because that's what I knew, you know, like going to corporate America, it was different. It didn't look familiar. It didn't look like home. And she made it a little bit more homey. Um, and I like, I owe her a lot to this day. So, you know, she just really took it upon herself to take me under her wing 
and really guide me along, you know, my journey um, throughout my career. And then my other mentors, um, and I should say um, that mentor, I'm gonna shout her out, Latoya Desir. Uh, she's amazing. And then I have um, another mentor named Femi um, Kirby and I owe Femi Kirby. And she, we met what probably, I was connected with her through another mentor who I'll mention um, soon, but she has been in my life for about five or six years. And, you know, I started, you know, you know, just, it was just casual conversation talking about the industry, she's in PR. And then it led to like, you know, me working on a project with her. And now it's like, you know, we meet up, um, you know, for dinner and she's building her business and I'm building mine and she really gives me the game. And it's just like these women who really are selfless and, and they, you know, they have no problem with seeing me win. Like I admire that so much. And it really, really empowers me as a mentor because like Femi, she will, I'm like, how do you do this? And she will really go step by step. And like, this is how you do this. Like you list this out. Like you have this conversation, you have this pitch ready. And like, even down to like contracts, it's like, okay, like she's building her business, but she's helping me build mine too. So it's like those women who really, really pour themselves into seeing me win is just so greatly appreciated. Um, and then, you know, just to name some people like, you know, I really, with people I work with, I really aim to build relationships and I don't want to start name calling then I miss a name, but um, <laughs> everybody who I currently work with, like uh, women, like uh, I'll say uh, Ivy McGregor, who I work with, who really, you know, shows me you know, how to be a businesswoman and how to uh, be in leadership. And then, you know, I have friends who are colleagues, John Leslie, um, I've worked with a woman who connected me with Femi Dupe. So it's a lot, a lot of people who I owe a lot to, um, but it, it all happened through work um, and just proving that um, I can do the work. I think a lot of times being you know, just transitioning to your second part, the second part of your question, not being too long-winded. Um, the other part is just, you know, being and being a mentee is just like, you know, a lot of time mentors, being a mentor takes a lot of time. So I think I was able to gain these mentors by proving that I could do the work. And that's why I've gained these mentors through my career. It's just like, oh, they see me working, they see me putting in the effort and then they feel compelled to guide me along the way. Yeah, I would say for me, I also don't want to start naming names because then it's, I'm going to forget somebody, but I've had a lot of mentors definitely throughout my career um, that I've gone to for big decisions, you know, um, you know, where I want to go to school, like what internship should I take? They placed me on panels, um, national panels, and just a lot of things. So it's, it's definitely um, has been rewarding to have such mentors that care um, and really want to see you succeed. And I've often been told the, you know, the difference between mentor and a sponsor, you want to have sponsors as well, who are in those rooms that can actually put you and put a good word into in for you so you can get different positions or different opportunities. And so I've had mentors and sponsors that have really truly supported me and care for me and my development and who I am and you know where I go in the future. So 
they have really been influential to me in my life for sure. So um, they all know who they are. They all play different and very important roles in my life and in my career. So I couldn't thank them enough. Thanks for your responses. I think that's a good place to end the conversation. Um, Really just honing in on the fact that you can't do everything by yourself. It takes a village. Um, You all stand on the shoulders of phenomenal individuals that, like Whitney said, decided to pour into you. And in return, you're pouring into others. So it's it's beautiful to see. And I'm happy to be on this journey with you all. Um, to close out, I do want to play a fun game just to see where your head is at um, <laughs> in, in 2021. <laughs> all right, you guys ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, Hampton or Howard? Hampton, what? <laughs> all right, all right. I just wanted to make sure we were all clear. <laughs> Nothing has changed since people graduated. <laughs> okay, heels or sneakers? Sneakers. sneakers, sneakers. But I will say really quickly, like you know, we're we're sneaker heads, but I'll throw on some heels so we can do both. Like right, it's twisted. We can do both, but definitely sneakers. <laughs> the city or the country? Country, <laughs> country born and bred, you know? I'll say city. I'm gonna wow. say city in this, in this period of my life. I'm gonna say city. Whitney. <laughs> wow, okay. okay. Maybe, we'll, hopefully your mom stops listening after the sneakers <laughs> in the heels conversation. <laughs> um, Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, okay. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Beyonce. I love Rihanna, <laughs> but Beyonce. iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. That's interesting, Brittany. I feel like most people in STEM, they prefer Android. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm the, maybe I'm different. I don't know. I've seen both. <laughs> but... She with the culture. Yeah. 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 So. Phone call or text? Hmm. I would say text. I do not like cold calls, even though I have to take them, but I really rather somebody text me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I would say both. Oh, we have to choose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, text, and then we'll, we can talk on the phone. Yeah. It depends on who it is. So text for all people. <laughs> okay. What about for Whitney? Phone call, FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. So once we get out this pandemic, would you rather take a beach vacation or a city vacation? A beach vacation, because I haven't been, I've been working so much. I haven't, honestly, haven't been on a beach in about two years, which is really sad, but a beach vacation for sure. Beach vacation. I like calmness and stillness and reflection. So definitely beach vacation. Nice. Well, thanks ladies for joining. And I'm so happy to have reconnected and had this conversation with you all this morning. And um, thanks for all the gems that you dropped. I think I also learned a lot about, you know, how to utilize mentors and how to navigate in this ever evolving world. And I appreciate your time today. And you, you know how much I love you. You know how much I'm inspired by you. And I'm excited to see the next things that you do in your career. Uh, thanks Wanda we love you too and we haven't called you Wandeezy yet so you know we had to drop that <laughs> but, um, we love you thank you so much for having us on and inspiring us all yes I share the same sentiments we love you and we really appreciate 
and are honored that you even, you know, thought of us to have us today. So we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Just Win with Wanda. And special thanks to our guest speakers, the Johnson Twins, for joining us. Show this podcast love by leaving me a review and hitting subscribe today. If you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Just Win with Wanda. Catch you on the next episode. Have a great week. Bye.